Listeners love Adam Crowley. Just between you and me, I believe you're fat, ugly, dumb, and gutless. Just personal opinion. The Adam Crowley Show. When you're done with your program, we can discuss this out in the parking lot. I mean, you're, you're a tough guy. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Welcome to 970 ESPN. I'm Dale Lolly, sitting in for that fat, gutless, and stupid Adam Crowley. I think he's out getting more fat, gutless, and stupid. Adam is none of those things. Uh, he is actually skinny, weak, and uh, kind of mamby-pamby. But uh, he is off on vacation or doing whatever guys like that do when they're, when they're off. Uh, uh, but I am here at the Robert Morris University Island Sports Complex, where the uh, Colonials will host a key... Uh, hockey game tonight against Air Force. Uh, big series here before the before the Atlantic Hockey Conference tournament begins on March 2nd. Uh, these will be the uh, final two games for the Colonials of the regular season before that uh, the tournament kicks off. And we've got a jam-packed show here for you from the RMU Island Sports Complex. Uh, we've got uh, Chris Bradford coming up here uh, from DK Pittsburgh Sports. We've got Mike Pursuta and Tim Benz jumping in here. Uh, we've got Robert Morris uh, University Head coach Derek Shuley coming in to, to sit in with us. We might even have a, a Robert Morris player and a couple of other guys. Maybe Lance Lizowski will jump in. Uh, maybe uh, we'll get uh, Dayan Kovacevic. Uh, by the way, I'm Dale Lolly of DK Pittsburgh Sports and, uh, of course, the uh, Steelers Radio Network. I should, probably should introduce myself a little bit before I, I go on my another rant about Crowley. Uh, but anyways, uh, the, the Penguins pulled off a, a huge deal today. Uh, they now have their third-line center that they've been seeking. They acquired Derek Broussard from the Ottawa Senators. Uh, of course, uh, sending away Ian Cole, uh, pro- goaltending prospect uh, Philippe Gustafsson. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. or It's either that or Phil uh, Gustafsson. I don't know. And their first-round pick in, in uh, this year's draft. Uh, to Ottawa, there are, uh, there are some things that uh, may be hanging up on that trade right now. There could be a third team involved. Uh, and we're going to uh, we're going to talk to Chris Bradford right now about that trade. Uh, this trade just haven't gone down here within the last uh, hour hour and a half. Chris, are you there? I am here. Chris, uh, obviously this is a, a, a big time deal uh, for the Penguins, uh, getting a guy who was the, uh, the 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 second line center in Ottawa. Uh, of course, uh, you would imagine he'll be the third or fourth line center here in Pittsburgh. Uh, but this is a guy who could score some points. Yeah, I think this is a really good deal for the Penguins and for Jim Rutherford. You know, I thought the Penguins were, were probably good enough to win a Stanley Cup before uh, making this deal. But I think this, you know, further uh, solidifies the credentials. You know, to get that three peak uh, with Broussard, you'd obviously have Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Broussard, and then Riley Sheehan. And Sheehan has been really playing really well over the last month or so. So it, it really makes the, the Penguins. I think uh, if they weren't the team to beat already, certainly, certainly, certainly are now. Now, did they did they give up too much in this deal? In, in your uh, opinion, I mean, you, you give up, of course, Cole. He's been traded about eighteen thousand times since uh, what November? Uh, at least according to uh, the fans, they want to get rid of him, or, or all the rumors out there. I don't know much about uh, Gustavuson or, or however you pronounce his name. Uh, and of course, you give up a first round pick. You're kind of mortgaging the future a little bit, aren't you? Yeah, a little bit, but I mean, when you're the Penguins, you're playing for now, and I think that's something that Jim Rutherford's talked about a lot, and he hasn't been shy about talking about the, you know, the need to go for a three-peat, and, you know, did the Penguins give up a lot? Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, because, I mean, you're going to have to give up something, obviously, to bring in a player like Broussard, but a first-round pick is really not a big deal, because they're going to be picking, you know, probably, you know, no no higher than, what, 28, 29, 30, somewhere in that range, possibly 31st. Uh, Cole was going to be gone at the end of the season, anyway, he's an unrestricted free agent, and uh, Gustafson, uh, you know, a good goalie. He's, you know, was the MVP at the World Junior Championship uh, for goalies. 
took Sweden to the gold medal game. You know, but goalies usually take about five years to develop, and you know the Penguins already have two goalies on roster right now who are 23 and 22. So I think they're going to be pretty much set in goal for a while. So as far as I'm concerned, I thought it was a really good deal for uh, Jim Rutherford. Now, there were some uh, rumors out there that this deal was being held up a little bit by the NHL or that there was a third team involved. Have you uh, ferreted out any information on that? I haven't yet. Uh, part of the, the reasoning was that they had to get uh, why Cole was included. Obviously, he was, he was making, uh, because of his uh, salary cap hit, uh, the Penguins had to clear space, so it could be something to do with the money. Yeah, I was looking at Broussard's contract. Uh, he's, he's assigned through the uh, 2018-2019 season. Uh, at a very, uh, it's not a huge salary. The cap hit is uh, five million dollars, base salary of uh, one million, with a signing bonus carried over of two point five million. I'm not sure how does that work in the NHL. Does that signing bonus is that carried by the team that trades him, or is that carried over by the team that that uh, that acquires him? Uh, by the team that acquires him, yeah, he's signed for next season through five, next year through five for five million dollars. So they, the Penguins would have control for uh, for start for at least. Uh, one more year after this year, and you know, possibly they would try to resign him, but it also would impact uh, their ability possibly to resign Patrick Hornquist. He's another uh, unrestricted free agent, free agent who will be looking to, uh, you know, probably break the bank this summer. Chris, uh, you mentioned that, that you thought that the Penguins had enough talent to win a third straight Stanley Cup before making this trade. Um, was this something that had to be done in your your eyes then, or was this something that? That really just kind of, I mean, so many times in the NHL, especially, I think more so than any other sport other than maybe the NBA, um, teams look at this and say, well, if you're not making any trades, uh, you're not trying, or you're not trying to make the team better. The Penguins have been really good since what, the end of January? Uh, Mid January? Yeah, no, I thought the Penguins, you know, again, I thought they were good enough, but I I, I assumed Jim Russell was going to make a trade because. That's what he does, but uh, at every trade deadline. But I was I was assuming possibly a little bit smaller deal, maybe just try to get a fourth line center again because of the way Riley Sheehan has been playing the last month. But honestly, when you can get a Dirk Broussard for what they gave up, I think you're going to make that deal every day. Now, what does this do then for their their defensive alignment? Uh, getting rid of uh, Cole. That, I, yeah, that's I think if, that would be the only shortcoming in this deal because they have obviously Matt Hunwick. Uh, he's going to draw back into the lineup, it looks like, on a regular basis if Jim Rutherford doesn't make an, another deal between now and 3 o'clock on Monday. But with Cole gone, Hunwick's back in, and he hasn't, looked, uh, hasn't been a really good fit for the Penguins so far in his first season. But the, the organization is very high on him. Uh, Jim Rutherford obviously brought him uh, to, to Pittsburgh for a reason, and uh, Mike Sullivan has been singing his praises a little bit of late in, in the games that he has been in. So we shall see with that one. We're talking, of course, to Chris Bradford of uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports. Chris covers the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to 970 ESPN. I'm Dale Lally sitting in for Adam Crowley today. We're out at the Robert Morris University uh, uh, Island Sports Complex where the uh, Colonials host Air Force tonight in a big game at 7 o'clock. Uh, you can come check that out. Uh, tickets still available, I'm assuming, and, and uh, come in and see a, a good college hockey game. Chris, the, uh, the Penguins are back in action tonight. Uh, down in, in, in Carolina, you are down there. Uh, what do you expect from this game? Uh, so this should be a very good game. I mean, the Penguins, are, the Penguins haven't had a lot of success against Carolina. Uh, the Hurricanes play a style that's uh, very similar to the Penguins in terms of their speed and their puck possession game. Uh, you know, the Hurricanes are right on the, the edge of the, uh, on the bubble, I should say, of the, the playoffs. So I assume they're going to put up a pretty desperate effort and expect a pretty good game here. Now, with with the way that the Penguins have played of late, 
uh, they still haven't been able to shake. They haven't been able to catch uh, Washington, and they haven't really been able to shake the Flyers. Uh, is this something that, that, that should be a, of concern here, or is that kind of why they made this trade for Broussard? No, I think once the Penguins solidified their playoff position, and that's what they've basically done here over the last month, I mean, they've pretty much guaranteed themselves a spot in the playoffs. I mean, would they like to win the division? Sure. Uh, I think it's still possible for them to do it. The, the games in hand that they've had, uh, that's starting to ease away a little bit. So everyone's kind of pulling even. Philadelphia, they've been kind of schizophrenic all season. I mean, they can win 10 games in a row and then lose 10 games. So I think it'll, <laughs> it'll boil down to, uh, you know, Pittsburgh and Washington. And, you know, for the Penguins, we know what happens every time they face them in the playoffs. So, you know, I wouldn't be too concerned. Now, Chris, uh, obviously the uh, the trade deadline coming up on Monday at 3. Do you see the Penguins doing anything else, maybe going out and acquiring another defenseman now that they've uh, kind of weakened themselves at the blue line? Yeah, I think that's the one area of concern that I would have if, if I were Jim Rutherford. Again, they're pretty high on Matt Hunwick, but uh, you know, obviously down a man. Uh, you know, also got uh, Chad Ruedel. He's been a healthy scratch now for a while, just sitting there uh, in the press box with us. So um, They have a few options, but I, I personally, if I were the Penguins, I would probably try to go out and try to bolster that position a little bit. I'm not saying he's going to you know, crack the top six, but uh, just somebody on, on, the, on the roster. Well, Chris, I appreciate you coming on, and we'll let you get back to your writing. I'm sure plenty of stuff to do tonight. Got a game to cover, got a trade to, uh, to write about here, but uh, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, that was Chris Bradford of DK Pittsburgh Sports. Uh, I'm Dale Lally of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and we're uh, here at the Robert uh, Morris University Island Sports Complex, of course, where the Colonials play hockey. Uh, they have a big game tonight against Air Force. Uh, these two teams met last season in the uh, conference finals in the, in the playoff championships, and, of course, uh, Air Force coming away with the title in that game. Uh, so the uh, the Colonials will have a little bit of uh, revenge on their mind. Uh, neither team in position right now to uh, to finish first in the, uh, in the, in the conference uh, as we speak, but certainly uh, a big game in terms of who gets where in the playoff seedings and those kind of things. So plenty to watch here. If you haven't been out here to a, uh, to a game at, the, at this complex, uh, it's, it's a great spot. Uh, they get the little restaurant over there. we got people selling Girl Scout cookies across the away from us. They're really tempting me here. Uh, it's really, uh, you know, I'm dieting, and this is, this is very difficult. I, there's a smell of popcorn in the air, and uh, yeah. Um, but uh, big, uh, big deal today for the, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins going out and acquiring Derek Broussard from the Ottawa Senators. Uh, of course, trading away Ian Cole, Philip Gustafson, and a first-round pick. In 702 career games over 11 years, Broussard has 159 goals, 261 assists, and 420 points. Um, so he gives them a guy who can really set things up and put the puck in the net himself. Uh, the other thing in 78 playoff games, Broussard has 22 goals and 55 uh, total points. Uh, and, and, of course, uh, a lot of those games have come against the Penguins, uh, a third of them, basically. In 24 career playoff games against the Penguins, he has nine goals and six assists. So this is a guy that they are quite familiar with, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do now after trading away Ian Cole at the blue line. They've certainly uh, uh, strengthened themselves uh, in terms of what they got now at the uh, at the center position. Uh, that, that Certainly the pecking order there becomes much more apparent now behind uh, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Uh, but we'll see what happens now with the blue line here because they've got a couple more days uh, to maybe spin something and, and turn turn this around and acquire another defenseman. And, of course, you wouldn't expect the uh, asking price or the cost to be nearly as high 
for a defenseman uh, as it would be to go out and get a guy like Broussard. So they should have some some availability there, some some options uh, to go out and do that. Uh, some other big uh, news of the day: the Pirates opening their uh, their spring training schedule uh, today down in Bradenton. Or actually, they're, they're not in Bradenton; they're at Tampa, wherever the heck Tampa plays. Whatever, whatever little town down there that uh, the, that the Tampa Bay Devil Rays play in. And of course, the uh, those two teams made headlines yesterday with the big trade. And uh, you know, it's it's interesting to watch that Tampa team. They've just basically given away player after player. And you know, the the, the Pirates uh, had been getting a lot of uh, you know people were on them about uh, some of the things that they were doing. Um, you know, they go out and they get Bryce Brents earlier in the week. They go out to get Michael Saunders early in the week. Uh, you know, but then they go out and get uh, Dickinson um, from the Rays on on uh, on Thursday, and all of a sudden, your lineup now doesn't look nearly as bad as it did. I mean, really, if you're if you're looking at Dickerson replacing Andrew McCutcheon, uh, I know you, you don't replace a guy like Andrew McCutcheon in the field, uh, or or in terms of what he brings to your, your club, um, but you've certainly replaced his bat in the lineup. And you know you you've done so with a quality major league guy who presumably I mean I was an all star last year at 27 home runs uh, so that's right in line with what McCutcheon produced he had 282 uh, can steal steal you some bases those kind of things uh, so we'll see how that works out for the Pirates but they they kicked off play down in Braden uh, down in Florida today I keep wanting to say Bradenton because that's where I want to be at uh, not here. Uh, not, not that there's anything against the the, uh, the Robert Morris uh, University uh, Island Sports Center complex here, but it's rainy, it's cold, it's wet uh, here in western Pennsylvania, and we would certainly love to be down in Bradenton right now. Uh, but uh, I'm Dale Lolly. I'm sitting in today for Adam Crowley. The number to join the, the conversation is 412-919-1316 here on 970 ESPN. And, of course, the, uh, we've got uh, Brian LeMartina down at the Carson City Saloon for the Bud Light Happy Hour from 6 to 7 tonight. Uh, and right after that, on these same airways, we'll have the Robert Morris Air Force game coming up at 7 o'clock. And we'll be back in just a moment from the Robert Morris University Island Sports Complex. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to ESPN 970. Welcome back to 970 ESPN. I'm Dale Lally. Of uh, the uh, Steelers Radio Network and DK Pittsburgh Sports. Uh, of course, sitting in today for Adam Crowley, who's off uh, vacationing or just doing Crowley types. I'm probably walking the dog all week. Knowing him, uh, that's probably that's a, a lifelong uh, commitment for him. Uh, but, anyways, uh, we're here at the RMU Island Sports Complex, where, of course, uh, Robert Morris hosts Air Force tonight in a big uh, series here. Uh, the AHC uh, tournament begins uh, next, uh, next week. And, uh, of course, uh, we, uh, you know, the the Robert Morris uh, game can be heard right here in these airwaves. The pregame starts at 6:50, uh, and the game, of course, at 7:05. Uh, you can hear, as I said, right here on these airwaves with uh, Mike Persuda and Tim Benz. And we're joined right now by Luke Lynch, a, a, a sophomore forward for the Colonials. And Luke, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, uh, Luke. Uh, I see on you. you of course, uh, you're a local guy. You went to Shaler, and you played uh, you played some uh, hockey. Uh, for the Johnstown Tomahawks in the NHL. Uh, how did that uh, come about for you? Uh, you know, it's, uh, I guess it's not very common that you see guys only traveling two hours away from their house to play all their uh, hockey growing up. But uh, I think I definitely got lucky. You know, I 
I wanted to play in the USHL growing up, but uh, it didn't work out for me, so I made a home in Johnstown in the North American League, and I really think it helped my development as a player, and staying close to home was definitely a blessing. Now, I graduated from Pitt-Johnstown, so I've spent time in Johnstown, and the first thing that they do when you go into, when you, when you go into Johnstown is you have to watch Slapshot. It's a must. You, you absolutely have to do it. And, of course, all the, the footage there was shot at the, at the War Memorial Arena. H- had you seen the movie before you had gone there, and have you seen it since? Yeah, actually, <laughs> I, got a lot, I got a lot of shunning when I was in Johnstown because I hadn't seen it yet. <laughs> I actually, to this day, I still haven't seen it. Wow, so, okay. Yeah, that's a little surprise for most people, I think. <laughs> I thought that was a must. That was, that was part of getting your, your Johnstown uh, deep. Uh, when you you said you mentioned that you that you are fortunate that you were able to, to, to play your hockey of course uh, for Johnstown and now of course for Robert Morris uh, how how unique is that I mean how many do you, do you hear horror stories from some of your teammates about where they had to go to, to how far away from home they had to go uh, not too many horror stories but you know we got we got a lot of guys from really far away such as Brett Bouvet Kyle Horseman uh, Spencer Dorowitz are way up in Canada there and like Jay Coleman, he's from here. Dagnall's from here, but they both played their juniors pretty far away as well. But so I think that's pretty unique, you know. Like I've only the furthest I've ever lived from home is an hour and a half at most. So I think that I guess some Canadians playing in their uh, leagues up there, they're a little closer to home than uh, say like North American teams are to the states around here. So I guess it's more comparable to that than. Uh, U.S. players traveling around. Now, with the opportunity to play at Robert Morris, um, how unique or how how cool is that for a Pittsburgh kid where you, you can go and you can play Division One hockey and, and, again, not have to be far from home? Right. Yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh guys, are, uh, a lot of Pittsburgh guys are moving around to making a name for Western PA and, uh, like, even, even the NHL right now with uh, J.T. Miller, Brandon Saad that are making waves in the NHL and, you know, a lot of Western PA guys are growing up and going to the college ranks and being able to play my college hockey 45 minutes away from my house is just incredible. You know, I never really thought about it whenever I was really young. I've been playing here since I was probably 12, 13 at the Island Sports Center here, and it's basically been my home rink since, but <laughs> besides whenever I was at uh, Johnstown there. So I don't think so many people can say they've had the same home rink for 9, 10 years, so I definitely think it's pretty unique uh now of course we're talking with luke lynch he's a uh, sophomore forward uh for robert morris uh, you guys have a big game uh big series this weekend friday and saturday both games at seven o'clock against air force this is a team that beat you guys last year uh for the for the championship uh, is there a little revenge factor going on tonight absolutely you know they uh ended our season last year in the conference final and you know i think the taste is still in all of our mouths and we've returned a lot of guys so we all know what how the year ended last year, uh, you know, we always have a hard-fought battle with Air Force. They're a good team. They work hard. So I think we're ready for the challenge, and these four points are huge. It's going to determine whether we are going on the road first round or have a home bye for the first round. So, you know, there's you can't really understate how important they are. How tough is that when, you, when you're trying to balance college with with hockey and and uh, man i don't know where i'm going to be at next week we may be home maybe we're going to be away i don't know yeah i mean it's not easy it's definitely not easy but i think it helps being busy the whole time you know like if you have a lot of free time you're gonna slack off a little more i think and so i think 
I mean, the professors really help us out. You know, they if we're going on the road next week or the week after, they'll they'll know within like the next week or two. So they always give us a little bit of leniency to make sure we can catch up and not fall too far behind. That uh, sounds like it should, it should be a great game tonight. Uh, of course, I, I, you guys uh, very familiar with each other, even though this was the first time that uh, you'll have played this season. Um, Luke, of course, uh, with, with uh, 12 goals, uh, or I'm sorry, 14 goals, 12 assists this year, uh, 26 points. Uh, you consider yourself a goal scorer? Or are you a, are you a guy that uh, can do a little bit of everything? Um, I guess if I had to define my role, my playing style, I'd say I'd, I'm a role player that uh, creates offense. You know, I I think I always take defense first. I think that's a big big role in my game. I've always focused on that first, and so I. You know, I try to put the puck in the net as much as I can, and I think uh, the guys have really helped me out a lot with that this year. You know, I've had a ton of tap-in goals this year from, I could name 10, 15 different guys on the team that have given me tap-in goals this year, so I can't can't really uh, understate how much they've helped me out with that. Now, of course, the uh, the big news of the day, the Penguins making a trade and uh, going out and acquiring, acquiring uh, uh now my name is getting me, Derek Broussard. I'm sorry, and uh, I'm, I'm assuming growing up in Pittsburgh, you are a Penguins fan. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm a <laughs> huge Pens fan. It's a big trade there. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how Broussard can work out with the Pens here. Um, if you're uh, Jim Rutherford, put your put your GM hat on. <laughs> uh, of course, you gave away Ian Cole in, as part of that trade. Do they now need to go out and get a, uh, a, a another defenseman? Yeah, I mean. I don't have too much GM experience aside from uh, playing on NHL, but I don't know. I think we'll have to see. You know, uh, the Pens have phenomenal speed. They're, are, I mean, they are the fastest team in the league, so I think Broussard's going to help out with that. And if you look at his playoff points compared to his regular season points, he puts up way more points in the playoffs. So I think that's a huge, huge aspect for any player and awesome to have him in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's great. And, and uh, what's, your, what's your major? I am a biology major. Biology major. I was a biology major my first yeah. two-plus years of college until I switched to journalism. I, I could not handle the, uh, yeah. <laughs> the organic <laughs> chemistry just killed me. Yeah, I haven't gotten there yet, so we'll, <laughs> we'll see how that works out. <laughs> well, we wish you luck, and, we, of course, we wish you luck tonight with the, uh, with the big uh, series against Air Force, uh, basically tonight and tomorrow night. Uh, yep. uh, what do you do in between games? Um, Rest, stretch, <laughs> play some video games. Try to try to get away from the rink a little bit, but not too much. You know, you can't you can't be always thinking about hockey. You're gonna go crazy. So I, you know, after games, I like to hang out for a little bit. Me and my roommate will throw on a movie, like not talk about hockey for the night, and then in the morning, kind of we'll have our team meeting in the morning, and then we'll talk about it a little bit, and then just start preparing for the next game Saturday night. All right, well, it should be a great game tonight against Air Force. Uh, he is Luke Lynch. He's a sophomore forward from Shaler High School here for the Robert Morris Colonials. They host, as I said, Air Force tonight. Uh, we are at the RMU Island Sports Complex. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to ESPN 970. And welcome back to 970 AM ESPN. I'm Dale Lally sitting in today for Adam Crowley. The number to join us here at the Robert Morris uh, Island Sports Center. I keep forgetting the R. It's RMU Island Sports Complex. I'll get that right. Uh, but anyways, uh, that's where we're at tonight. Of course, Robert Morris hosting Air Force tonight in a big AHC uh, conference game. And uh, 
game uh, starts at 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, of course, the Penguins made a big trade today, acquiring uh, Derek Broussard from the Ottawa Senators, uh, trading away Ian Cole, Philip Gustafson, and their first-round draft pick next year. And uh, to talk about that trade, we have Dayan Kovakovic of, of course, DK Pittsburgh Sports. How you doing, Dayan? All right, Dale. Been a little busier than I expected for the last hour. Yeah, just this, this whole thing kind of threw me off too. I wasn't expecting to, to to be talking. You know, I knew I would be talking hockey today. I didn't know that I would be talking about a major, major trade for the Penguins. Yeah, well, I think some of the pieces started to fall last night with the Rangers moving Michael Grabner. Uh, and the thing with Derek Brassard is that he was the top prize among centers on the NHL trade market. Actually by a really wide margin. It's not a great, uh, it hasn't been a great trade market at that position, and I think that was what had concerned uh, Jim Rutherford and his staff, was they said, look, we're either going to get this guy or we might not do anything at all. And that bugged them because then they saw, and I say this with, with respect, not to be snarky, but that they saw that they were going to enter the playoffs with Carter Rowney as their fourth center. And what scared them the most about that, Dale, wasn't, that, you know, Rowney is some terrible fourth-line center. It's that they felt that they no longer had that guy who could slide up and replace Crosby and or Malkin when needed. Remember how Matt Collin and Nick Benino would do that almost effortlessly? Yeah, I mean, that, that seemed to be, you know, something that they really needed to do was acquire some some on the some depth down the roster here at that position in, in particular. Yeah. At the so same they, time, so they, though... They, they they kind of weakened themselves at the blue line, didn't they? Um, yes. I, I, I was I was about to hesitate, and then I just realized that deserved a firm yes. But Ian Cole had been playing so well. Ian Cole is a better defenseman in every way, shape, or form than Matt Hunwick is. Um, that said, they think that there's been more there to Hunwick's game than what he's shown. There's a reason they put out the six point seven five million over three years. For Hunwick as a free agent last summer, uh, they think he's he's a better player. I'm not so sure about that. I haven't liked his positioning in particular uh, in his own end. I think he's a little lost at times. Uh, that's really concerning when it gets to playoffs and you know one silly mistake can cost you a game or even a series. But if Matt Hunwick is your number six and Chad Ruweedle is your number seven and can come in when someone else gets hurt, you're not exactly desperate at the position. So it was more a position of depth than anything they had to offer up front. Now, Dayon, uh, of course, we're talking with Dayon Kovakovic of uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports here on the uh, Adam Crowley Show, where I'm Dale Lally sitting in for Crowley. Uh, but, uh, Dayon, uh, one thing that, that you know, I, I think this team was already set up to make a deep run into the playoffs. Uh, whether they had made this trade or not. Does this trade put them over the top? Um, no. I, I, I don't think they I don't think that any trade was going to put a team that's heading into its third championship type run uh over the top because there's so many variables. There's a reason, Dale, that nobody had even won two in a row in the NHL for twenty years. Uh, I'm I remain stunned to this day that the Penguins did it twice. Uh, particularly not having Chris Letang. Uh, I think that if they do it a third time, it would be beyond astronomical belief based on not only in the NHL, but what we see all around sports. There just aren't dynasties anymore. There's salary caps. There's a fatigue factor. There's more games than ever. 
There's more demands than ever. The game is more physical because the players are bigger and faster than ever. Uh, so I don't know that there's an over-the-top move to be had. Jim Rutherford's mindset, and I can tell you this unequivocally from having talked to the man on this subject for months now, his mindset was that he just wanted to give them the best chance. He wanted to create a roster that would at least afford the best opportunity, and he had hoped to do that without giving up, you know, all of the team's future. And if you look at the trade itself, Cole was going to leave as an unrestricted free agent. Philip Gustafson looks like a wonderful goalie. Uh, at 19 years old, he just helped Sweden to the World Junior Championship. Uh, but at the same time, the Penguins have the two youngest goalies in the league, at least as a tandem, in Matt Murray and Tristan Jari, so they didn't need him there. And let's not forget this, too. Weren't we all kind of accepting that Daniel Sprong was going to go in this deal? Yeah, I mean, and maybe they, they go ahead and uh, trade him for a defenseman now and kind of really shore things up on the back end. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think that if anything, if, if Jim has one move left in him, uh, I think it would be where he would send Connor Sherry out. Because, again, we're talking about salary cap hell. This is like salary cap hell to the 10th degree, what they're in now. <laughs> so any deal they they make has to be one in which Connor Sherry goes out uh, because of the $3 million that he's due uh, each of the next three years. And that's not – you know, what are you doing then, Dale? Like, you're sending Sherry out for Sherry, you know, you're yeah, you're, you're right. gonna you're gonna move him for a winger, and Sherry already knows everything. You know, you can trust him. You know, he's been a champion. You know, he scored big goals in the playoffs. I would not be surprised if Jim's done. Okay, we're we're talking to Dayon Kavakovic uh, of uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports. Uh, Dayon, t- on today's uh, on today's site on the website, uh, you had a big story on our insider. Uh, on uh, on the pit job and what's going on over over at Pitt. Uh, obviously, uh, they have a big game tomorrow against Virginia. A big game in in, in terms of uh, it being their last home game of the season. And uh, there's some trouble brewing over uh, over on Cardiac Hill, is there not? Well, I guess it depends on your perspective as to what constitutes <laughs> trouble or bad or good. I mean, the sentiment is so strongly aligned against uh, Kevin Stallings. And the work that he's done, not just with the fan base. Um, you know, you covered the game Wednesday night, and you saw there wasn't even an Oakland Zoo. You know, it was, it I was, mean, it was barely a, a menagerie of, of twenty <laughs> students. It was, it was like the right. It was like the giraffe, <laughs> as opposed to the entire zoo. Um, there's uh, there's nowhere to go with that project. I don't think Heather like in the administration can look people in the eye after a season like this and say, you know what, let's give them another year. Um, it just doesn't make sense, not financially, not otherwise. they got to buy them out, and that was what, what the crux of my reporting was today, is that they can look at ways, and they are looking at ways, where they can say, okay, he did this wrong or this wrong as a basketball coach per the contract, so let's talk about a reduction here. Uh, Stallings is in his late 50s. I think he'd be crazy to turn down a buyout of let's say five million as opposed to ten million. So it's a it's a reasonable discussion to be had. Plus, correct me if I'm wrong, again, you were there the other night. Did that not sound like a defeated man on his way out? He did he very much did and, and I, I had been in his corner for much of this season in terms of, hey, you gotta give the guy a chance. You can't just cut bait. This was going to be 
tough. I, I, I was on record before the season started uh, saying that, that they were, would struggle to win 10 games this year, and they have. Um, that being said, I thought that the cupboard was left pretty bare by Jamie Dixon. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot there. And then when Cam Johnson uh, went ahead and transferred before the season started, then you lose Ryan Luther. Now, Ryan Luther's not a star player. He, you're not, he's not somebody that you build your team around. But I thought that that, that really hurt them in terms of on-the-floor leadership. And I just don't see any of that there right now. And that's, that's not on Kevin Stallings necessarily because he's not on the floor. And as he said, you know, look, I can coach these guys up. Uh, and, and, and we can go over these things. And, and But, you know, when they get on the floor, it's them. And that's well, the one you, thing that's missing with this team. There's just nothing there in terms of leadership. Well, uh, yeah, and, and leadership, as you have pointed out yourself in our conversations on this, comes first and foremost from talent, and there's really none of that. Yeah. I mean, there's Jared Wilson frame, and then there's not much else I, I, out I there on some, that floor. I mean, Marcus Carr, too, I guess. I, I, I see some flashes from some of the young guys. Mm-hmm. But I don't see any of those guys developing into a future star. No, I a mean, future number one guy. Carr, yeah, you'll see it from Shamil Stevenson. You're not going to see a ton uh, on a nightly basis. You and I disagree 180 degrees uh, on this Jamie and the cupboard thing. Uh, I mean, Jamie left him with two of the top scorers in the ACC and Mike Young and Jamel oh, Arden. That's last year's argument. Okay, I get that. I know. I get that. I know. But this, but this, those guys were going to be gone. Now, you can say that, that Stallings didn't do a better job of replacing them, and that I can right. agree with. That, that actually is kind of a point, and he did have Cam Johnson there, and he didn't keep him. Uh, that's obviously not entirely on the coach. Cam makes up his own mind. He, you know, he was the one that decided to transfer. Yeah, and he graduated um, early. That's the, that's the NCAA rules. They allow for that. Yeah, And, and there's right. nothing you but, can do about it. However, what we have here in our city is a pretty stark contrast right down Fifth Avenue as to how you can turn something around overnight by going out and getting junior college kids, by recruiting well, and that's what Keith Dambrot has done at Duquesne. And I think if it wasn't for Duquesne, I don't think you would see anywhere near the angst at Pitt over what Stallings was unable or unwilling or however you'd want to put it to do in that same time span that Duquesne went and found all this talent. People don't even realize, Dale, uh, the Dukes, their best talent isn't even on the floor yet. These transfers who've had to sit out this year, by all accounts, are better than the starters they've got. So well, the guy's uh, done a great job. As of late, uh, anybody would be better than the starters they've yeah, on the floor. Yeah, I know. They've well, kind of they stumbled. Played, they've, I mean, they've been better this year than most Duquesne teams Absolutely. Have been. And they and they, and they they played really well uh, recently against uh, both St. Bonaventure and Rhode Island in losses, and those are both teams that are you know the, the best in that conference. Sure. I, I'm just saying that he... Look, they're, they're he, not the they're not the laughing stock that they were. No, if uh, Dambrod comes, ago. let's put it this way: if Dambrod comes in and follows Jim Ferry with a three and twenty four record and one and fifteen in the in the A ten, nobody says a word, be- right? Because he would have had all the excuses, and all we heard from Pitt is excuses, and all we saw from Duquesne were results. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that that's certainly true. Uh, and, and uh, of course, uh, we're talking to Dayon Kavakovic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to 970 ESPN. Uh, Dayon, uh, just to, to switch things up one more time, the Pirates, uh, the, the Pirates getting into into the, uh, the the business of acquiring some talent here over the last few days. Uh, uh, do you, do you like the moves that, that that they pulled off here, going out and basically? adding three outfielders, one of whom they've already named their starter in left field. Yeah, I mean, Chris Dickerson stands out above 
the other two pretty significantly. I mean, and not just because, as you know, they put in their headline in the email that they sent out, you know, all-star, Chris Dickerson. Well, you know, <laughs> Jeff Locke was an all-star, too. Uh, in Dickerson's yeah. case... Neil Heaton was an all-star. <laughs> oh, no, boy. Way to drop it. I, I'll, I'll turn that into an Evan Meek bomb on your head there. <laughs> they, they, they did the right thing. I mean, they went out and they... they they got a player. They got him for literally nothing, and by that I mean sending Daniel Hudson out, who was a massive. That's actually a win. I mean, that, just getting rid of Hudson, getting somebody to take Hudson off your hand, hands is a win. Yeah, and and so there, it was even revenue neutral. It was baseball neutral, so it's a no risk move. That said, you know, I haven't seen this pop up in a whole lot of descriptions of this trade, but uh, the Rays had. Dickerson designated for assignment, and you don't DFA someone unless you've already tried very, very hard to move them. So they couldn't even find somebody to take him off their hands because of his second half, the nosedive that he had. He still occasionally uh, hit some home runs at the trop, but he he saw his strikeouts go way up. Uh, he was missing contact and uh, also wasn't getting as lucky in his contact in the second half. And look, if he has a first half like the one he has last season and somehow uh, Jeff Branson and the, and the Pirates coaching staff uh, can find a way to lock him into it, make him comfortable, put him into positions where he can succeed against certain pitchers, uh, then you might have something. And maybe that, Dale, is the reason that they went and got a couple of other outfielders because maybe they would be looking at a platoon. They don't like to use the word, but they don't mind actually applying the concept. And I, yeah. I think you could see a situation where Dickerson would line up against righties. Uh, most of the NL Central is right-handed. So uh, you could put in somebody else to face lefties and maybe give uh, give the guy a little bit of a break. Yeah, I mean, you're still going to want to get Adam Frazier in the lineup uh, on a regular basis, uh, even though he's not the, the power hitter, but he certainly gives you some options there. Uh, I thought for when they when they started acquiring outfielders, I thought that was kind of precipitating maybe a, 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 a Harrison trade. Yeah, I, you know what? I really think that these guys have been kind of freaked out by this public reaction. You know, I think it's finally happened. I don't, I, they, they, they finally gotten embarrassed that they finally found a little bit of shame. And what's freaking them out, I can promise you, more than anything, isn't a baseball thing or isn't what they hear on radio shows like this or social media. It's the seas and seas of empty seats that are showing up on these ticket scans, including the opener. Have you seen that? It, I have not, a, but I can, I can imagine. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Box seats, just entire sections are wide open for the opener. Uh, that's scary stuff, you know? And I think at some point you, you just realize, look, I mean, we can send out Josh Harrison and we're going to replace him with Max Moroff, and this is only going to get worse. <laughs> You know, at some point or other, you just have to say, look, uh, you know, enough's enough. Well, it doesn't seem to be bothering the Rays, though. The Rays have basically dumped everybody they've had of any kind of value. Well, the Rays, <laughs> the Rays never sold any tickets in the first place. Well, there's that, too. I mean, it, 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 same thing with Miami. I mean, they, you know, the, the teams down there, have, have they've dumped, but they've also, I mean, you're talking about teams that have, you know, they've, they've dumped but contended at times. They've, they've yeah. contended I mean, more consistently than the Pirates. Yeah, this is a separate subject. There really shouldn't be Major League Baseball anywhere in the state of Florida. Uh, they just don't. <laughs> People there are really, really attached to the spring training 
fun going out to those ballparks, and then you go to these big indoor caverns that the Marlins and the Rays have, and nobody's interested. It's just a bad, bad idea. Get them out of there. Put the Expos back in Montreal for crying out loud. There you go. That's an idea. He is Dave, <laughs> Dayan Kavakovic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. Dayan, I appreciate your time. Uh, we're going to let you go here at the top of the hour, but, uh, of course, uh, you can read Dayan at DK Pittsburgh Sports as well as myself, and uh, uh, we're bringing you a lot of good stuff here. Dayan, of course, will be at the Pitt game tomorrow night. Uh, we got we got Penguins coverage tonight, uh, and of course, uh, lots lots of stuff happening here again before the trade deadline. Maybe the Penguins are done, maybe they're not, uh, but we'll see how that works out. Uh, we'll, we'll be talking to you down around the line here, Dayon. Thanks, Dale. All right, thanks. Uh, you're listening to 970 ESPN on the Adam Crowley Show. I'm Dale Lally, sitting in for Adam Crowley here at the uh, RMU Island Sports Complex, and uh, the uh, Robert Morris hockey team host Air Force tonight. Uh, of course, uh, some tickets still available for that. We've got Brian Lane Martina down at Carson City Saloon for the Bud Light Happy Hour from 6 to 7 or 6 to 6.50, I guess, because the RMU uh, Air Force uh, pregame will start at 6.50. Uh, that game will also be heard right here on ESPN 970. We'll be back in just a moment from the RMU Island Sports Complex. <laughs> 